Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio, the show where conversations save lives. This is episode 155. Happy New Year to you officially. I know we're about a week late, but we've been off a little bit during the holidays. It's good to have you with us tonight on this conversation. I'm Jeff. I'll be your host tonight. And uh, my trusty co-host is still off. He's still out. DW, he's taken some time away. They've been building a new studio up at Silver Birch Ranch and doing some good stuff there. So this is actually the first show of the new year and the first show I've ever done without my favorite co-host of HopeNet Radio. But... Good news is I've got my good friend Tara is back on the show and she's going to sit down. We're going to have a great conversation tonight. Tara, welcome back to the show. Thanks. Thanks for being my co-host this week. I was a little bit nervous. I'm like, I've never done an actual episode of HopeNet Radio without Dave. This is kind of, it's like his chair is right there. Everything is intact and Dave's not here. I know. I hope I can at least, I don't know if I can be a replacement for Dave because my voice is a lot higher. You have to drop a couple octaves, I think. Hello. That's not even close. I don't think I've ever heard anyone with a lower voice than Dave's, but it just, it's unique. Yeah. It's got to count for something. It does. I mean, I don't even know that I could hit his range, but <laughs> it's always good to have Dave. We'll have Dave. He'll be back. Tara, did you have a good New Year, Christmas, all the, the holidays? They turn out okay? They did. I had a really great New Year. Christmas was, Christmas Day was really nice. Um, it was a little rocky getting them to Christmas Day, but Christmas Day was really nice. And then New Year's was really fun. And I love New Year's because, you know, it's just another new year. I like spring. That means spring is coming eventually. I'm pretty convinced that 17 is going to be a prime year. Yeah, although, you know, I'm more of a fan of even-numbered years. I don't know why, but... I do, too. And the fact that you could, you know, get a square root of 16 was pretty awesome, too. (laughs) But uh, enough of the math jokes. 2017, are you... Is this going to be a good year for you? I hope so. You don't necessarily start over because you just continue your life. But whether it's New Year's or not, too, it's always important to remember that every day that you wake up is a gift and you always have a second chance to start over, even every day. Like, you know, the Bible says God's mercies are new every morning. So whether it's the first day of the new year or it's the middle of the year or the end of the year, every day is a chance to start over. Can I ask you, do you do any resolutions, any of that stuff? I don't really make resolutions. I do have goals. I guess. I think some of our listeners probably have heard me say this before, but I really like dance. I danced when I was younger and now I ballroom dance. So I'm learning to become a ballroom dance instructor and I'll be finishing that up this year. So that's one of my goals to finish that up. And I went to school to become a teacher, actually. And so I love learning. Teachers are just lifelong learners. So I like to always have something in my life that I'm just continually pushing for and and a goal that I'm, I'm going towards and learning something new. It's always fun to find something and kind of pursue that and, and learn something new. Yeah. Speaking of something new, we're starting a new series tonight called Initiate. And if you've never heard that word, I'm sure everybody's heard 
the word initiated to cause something to begin. Um, it's also, there's another definition, a person who has been initiated into an organization or activity, typically recently, which usually isn't a positive thing. But to start something, initiating is sometimes the hardest part of it. You know, we set resolutions, we set goals for 2017. Some of us do anyway, if you're, you know, if you're like me and, and you work in a nonprofit world, you're constantly looking at setting goals and then having metrics that go with that. But at some point, you have to actually initiate the process. Like you, you have to put your feet in. Like you can't just be, oh, this is a great idea. We want to do this. We're going to have, you know, X number of shows. We want to talk about this many different topics. Uh, we hope to have a hundred thousand people on our tweet back every week. Uh, you know, just stuff like that where, you know, you've got all these goals, but at some point you got to start. That's right? true. I mean, you, you can't just sit in this limbo and just say, well, here's our ideas. They're only going to be ideas, right? They're only going to be resolutions unless you start doing something. I think that's probably why the buddy system is a good thing, too, or accountability, because that's true. It is always the hardest to get going. Like all the people that go and buy the gym memberships and then don't ever use it or maybe use it for a couple of weeks. I think the people who are most successful with the gym or whatever their goal is, is people who invite someone along on the journey or tell someone about their goal or have a chart maybe or a calendar of what am I going to do to um, initiate this and then what am I going to do to sustain it? Evaluating is so important and I think people are afraid of evaluation because you don't want to look and go, oh, I missed the mark or I didn't quite make my goals. But if, if evaluating is important because then you need to maybe readjust if you didn't quite make your goal, you can kind of make that up. But if you don't ever evaluate, you're going to end up and it's going to be December 31st and realize, oh, I didn't really do anything to initiate my goal this year. Yeah. This month itself in our topic of initiation, it's going to all work out eventually. You got to stick around with us on the show. We're going to talk about national Human Trafficking and Slavery Prevention Month, and also talk about beauty, where beauty comes from. Uh, there's so much push right now to get healthy and shape, get your resolutions in order, which usually has you going to the gym. So we're going to talk about beauty and identity and that sort of thing tonight here on the show. If you have a thought and you'd like to share it with us tonight, you can jump on Twitter. Just use the hashtag HNRTB. It's the HopeNet Radio tweet back, and this conversation is just getting started here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. You can chat with our live coaches anytime at HopeNet360.com, especially if the new year is kind of off rocking and rolling and you're not rocking and rolling with it. We would love for you to have a conversation tonight with one of our live coaches. HopeNet360.com is the place to be. Jeff and not DW tonight. DW is off. And so my co-host tonight is Tara Kay, who you've come to know and love over the years here on the show. This is in our third year now of HopeNet Radio, and and we've had some exciting conversations. And we're going to go back to 2014. When you first came on, I, I contacted you at that point. I had a faint memory that you were working in anti-human trafficking, anti-slavery work. And uh, we're actually out in Las Vegas, which to some is kind of the landmark that many think that human trafficking exists only in Las Vegas. But for many of us, we don't really know your story. Those who are listening, if you're new to the show, they probably haven't heard that that broadcast uh, way back in, in yeah. 2014. It's been a while. It's, I can't it's, believe it's been that long. It's coming up on three years. So let's just start at that beginning point for you. 
What got you into this anti-human trafficking work, anti-slavery work? And share some of your background, too, with that, would you? Yeah, I, I, well, I'm from Wisconsin, so I didn't grow up in Las Vegas. I'm from Wisconsin and I grew up in Oshkosh and I never would have guessed that this would have been something that I would have pursued, um, raising awareness about human trafficking, but it just kind of fell in my lap in a way. I was, um, attending college at Evangel University in Springfield, Missouri, and I had graduated early and I really had no idea what I was going to do with my life. So most of my parents had both been teachers and everyone said, you're going to be a teacher. You're going to be a teacher. So I decided to go back to school to become a teacher. And in that process, um, I was, my school had an internship program and I, I participated in that internship program where we went to Washington, D.C. and were placed, most students were placed with a senator or congressman. I asked to be placed with a nonprofit organization that was kind of more in my style. And I happened to be placed with the national headquarters for the Salvation Army. It's located in D.C. There was a woman there who was the liaison against human trafficking for all of North America with the Salvation Army. And that's who I shadowed for a week and learned all about human trafficking. This was back in 2003. So people might think, well, human trafficking, that's a new term. It was existing back then, too. It was pretty new. But I learned all about the evil that was existing even in our own country. You know, I didn't even know anything about human trafficking. But what I had even known, I thought, well, that I could see that happening in other countries. But I had no idea it was happening in the United States. And so I graduated college and started working and as a business manager. A couple years later, some friends of mine had started an organization in Las Vegas, and I began to raise support, um, moved out there for two years and worked with an organization out there working with trafficking victims, and then came back to Wisconsin and connected with Lisa Senholz, who ironically, we both grew up going to the same church together, but we didn't know each other at the time. And she was also working with international trafficking victims. So she was in Wisconsin and we connected and we started Damascus Road. She She's the founder and director and I'm the outreach director. And I've gone to six different Super Bowls doing outreach, um, raising awareness. I've been doing pretty active raising awareness and doing outreach and assisting victims since 2008 till now. And um, it's just been amazing the, what I've learned and just am continuing to learn about how trafficking is happening in our own country and even in our own state. Um, at Damascus Road, we are located in Wisconsin. We do work throughout the United States and internationally, but really because we're, cent- we're centered in Wisconsin, that's really where we're focusing on helping victims just to, we want to locate, so find victims, educate, raise awareness, and then advocate for victims who are, who are coming out and need help finding a recovery program or whatever they need assistance with. So for those who are listening tonight, if maybe you're a parent, you've got younger kids, sometimes these conversations can be difficult. And our show is all about conversations that save lives. Tara, this, this whole idea of human trafficking, uh, we talk about sex slavery, it's a sensitive thing, you know, and especially in the church. Do you really think this is a conversation that Christians in the church need to have? Absolutely. In fact, a lot of our, a large portion of our presentations, we do presentations for community groups, police departments, TSA, um, but a large portion have been for churches because um, they're realizing that this is something that we need to be educating, especially young people about. Sex trafficking, you know, basic definition um, is the exploitation of a person through force, fraud, or coercion for the purpose of commercial sex or forced labor. In our own state, even in Wisconsin, there's been cases of human trafficking reported in all 72 counties. Get out of here. It, whether it was labor trafficking or sex trafficking, it exists in Wisconsin. And 
it's so important to educate young people, especially in, in our churches, because you never know who could be vulnerable to this. The average age of entry into forced prostitution is 12 to 14 years old. Wow. So this is a topic that Christian organizations now are also helping with internationally. Um, there's lots of great organizations within our country, too, that are faith-based organizations. And I, I often get a lot of questions from young people, like, how does this happen? And I want to help even. So this is something that is so important to be talking about, especially in church where sometimes the topic of sex is somewhat taboo. But I think if we have the conversation about it and we initiate the conversation, it becomes prevention. The conversation really becomes prevention because if we're not the ones who are talking, if parents aren't the ones who are talking to their kids and um, it's not a topic that we really talk about in church, then kids are going to feel like if they have questions or if somebody is trying to talk to them on Facebook or online, or they meet someone at a mall who approached them, they're not going to feel comfortable to come in and tell someone, you know, their pastor or their parent, they're going to be posting about it on Facebook or telling their friends. That's really what traffickers um, look for is vulnerability and isolation, because they know that that's, that's a person who's very easy to manipulate. So tonight, our series, we're kicking off the Initiate series here on HopeNet Radio. We want to help you initiate some of these hard conversations to have in 2017. And whether it's human trafficking, anti-slavery, and this is National Human Trafficking and Slavery Prevention Month. Tara, when we come back, I want to talk about more of how... How this actually happens. I mean, why would people want to get into it? Do people actually want to get into this industry? How does it happen? Talk about some of the warning signs too. You know, how do you identify someone who potentially could be at risk for this? And also later in the show, let's talk about some of the ways that this happens. So with young people, now that they have access to smartphones, technology, how is technology used to influence this this whole global Really, it's a global industry. $32 billion a year is made from the exploitation of individuals. So that's why it's so important to talk about it in your homes. Conversation is just the key to prevention. Yeah. So we're going to talk about this when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. You can check out our show notes tonight at HopeNet360.com. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Tonight on the show, our Initiate series kicks off. Jeff and not DW this week. Tara Kay is with us on the show. TK, this new year, I don't know how popular resolutions are much anymore. It's, It's one of those where like it keeps coming back around. People are like, well, it's like a notion we should set these goals and and resolutions if you will maybe we just need a new word instead of resolutions like just call them goals hashtag goals i don't know tweet us if you have a new word to call a resolution yeah i don't know i don't know what it is but maybe we just need to look at it and just say well if i just clean my room three times a month you know like that's a good goal many of us as adults sometimes adulting is about that hard where you've got actually cleaned your room three times a month to actually (laughs) make the goal for it to happen right right so uh but not only that we're talking about a very sometimes difficult issue especially among christians just to talk about i'm not sure why human trafficking is so hard to talk about except that you just know it's it's evil we don't want to glorify or glamorize the evil that happens in our world but yet as messengers of hope in our communities especially where you're at. I think it's easy to think that some of these things happen, well, 
they're a few hundred miles away from me or a few thousand miles away. And I'm just not around the messiness of life, as it were, related to human trafficking. This is a difficult thing to talk about for a lot of people. Why do you think that is, Tara? I think it's difficult because we don't really want to believe that it happens. I also am a big proponent of the statement, knowledge is power. So it's just really important to talk to, especially our young people, because there's so many different ways that they are, that they can be vulnerable today than maybe there was, you know, when I was growing up many years ago, social media is a big one. Um, apps, phone apps are also very, any way that a, a stranger could talk to your child. And it doesn't even have to be a stranger. You know, when I'm out giving presentations, people often ask me, how does this happen? Who who are the traffickers? We use the term pimp is the same thing. It can really be anybody. Generally, it's usually an older male, someone older preying on someone who's younger, but it doesn't always have to be. Sometimes it could be someone who's pretending to be a boyfriend. People have awareness maybe of trafficking happening overseas. Trafficking is happening in the United States and it's happening in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And Usually, the way trafficking happens here is more through mental manipulation. It's by luring someone. Okay, so a couple questions. Are teenagers, you know, children and teenagers, are they the, the most common people who are trafficked? Is it different? I mean, are there adult women that also get trafficked? And then secondly, how does it happen? How does someone actually, do they willingly get into the trafficking industry, or I mean, how does this all work? That's a good question. Child trafficking is something that exists. The average age of entry into prostitution is 12 to 14 years old, but it can happen to someone who's over the age of 18 as well. In that situation, they would have to prove force, fraud, or coercion. If the person is a minor, sexual exploitation is always considered human trafficking. Mm -hmm. um, it Usually, it tends to happen with younger people more often because, unfortunately, that's what the customers, or we usually call Johns, are looking for. Pretty much everyone understands that pornography exists and is increasing in our country, especially with the internet. Sometimes it becomes an addiction and it, they want more. They want younger people. The mm -hmm. main places they recruit are outside of schools and in malls. That's where you can find young, vulnerable teenagers. It's not even necessarily the pimp who's doing the recruiting themselves. They might recruit other teenage boys and say, hey, I'm throwing a party. Bring some of your girlfriends. So maybe you're thinking, well, my child doesn't go on Facebook by themselves. They don't talk to strangers. I taught them about that. Could be another girl, even a teenager. Mm -hmm. Key things that they might say are, you know, if a pimp is approaching a younger girl, has anyone ever told you that you're beautiful or you're really beautiful. You could be a model. I have connections to a, a modeling agency or someone who's pretending to be a boyfriend. We call it the boyfriending tactic. Um, you know, might just for a while pretend to be a boyfriend. And then when he's gained the trust of the person he's attempting to victimize, he might say, you know, it'd be really great if we had a car. You know, I know a way or my, my dad knows someone who can help get us money. Or, you know, I, I bet, you know, if you went out on the street or you went on Backpage, which is an online website where people are being advertised, um, as escorts, but they're really forced into prostitution. We could make so much money and it'll just, we could have a car or one day we could have a house. Think of how mm. much money we could make. Yeah. And then it's always one thing after another. One of the parents that I worked with when I was working in Las Vegas, 
she wanted parents especially to know, and I know some parents listen to our program, so I think it's really important to share a little bit about her story because some people think, well, this is something that happens in the inner city, and it does. Sometimes kids are runaways, and usually within 48 hours, pimps will try to recruit a runaway Mm -hmm. because they know this person needs a place to live. They need food. Usually, they're running away from something, and generally, it's abuse in the home. Mm. About 80% of trafficking victims have been sexually abused at home. So, they run away, and this man presents himself or even female and says, I can provide for you. If it's a man, they they pretend to be the father maybe that they never had or their knight in shining armor. So, they gain gain trust. Same way that somebody who's maybe a peer um, in this situation in Las Vegas, it was a person... Um, who was the same age as this young girl. And this young girl had image issues. She didn't really ever think that she was beautiful. And that's how um, her boyfriend was able to lure her by telling her, you're beautiful, got to know her family, got to know her extended family, and then later on started forcing her to go and work out on the street, put her face on back page. And I think a year or so that this was actually happening while she was living at home. And her mom knew that there were things going on. She started being defiant. She started using terms like wifey and daddy. And those are all key terms Mm. that girls who are being trafficked use. But she didn't know what to look for. So that happened for about a year. And eventually, um, the pimp was caught and put in jail. And this this victim went and visited him in jail, gave him money, because there was this mental bond. He had told her everything that she had wanted to hear. And she was vulnerable and believed everything that he said. So real quick, for the sake of time, we're going to shift some gears in the second half of the show, but you do presentations on human trafficking, anti-human trafficking. How can people learn more about this issue? That's a really great question. So, I mean, the the topic and the information that we're talking about tonight, it, we have just a limited amount of time. But in our presentations, um, we usually do an hour, sometimes two hours or even day-long sessions, depending on who we're um who we're doing a presentation for, but um, our website is damascusroadproject.org. And we're also on Facebook, Damascus Road. So we list all of our upcoming events um, coming up in just a few days on January 11th. It's National Human Trafficking Awareness Day. And we're going to be out by the sundial in Oshkosh holding up Awareness Day signs. So if you are free that day, come and join us. It's from 11 till 1. And we're going to be working with Oshkosh Police Department. We'll have a big police mobile command center out there with us, too. So we'd love to have you. That's a great way to volunteer and to get involved. Check out the show notes at HopeNet360.com. This conversation will continue in the second half of HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. Hey, I'm Tiger McLuhan from Youth Leadership. Recharge is coming to Green Bay this February. We know a lot of adults, parents, a lot of youth ministries that are filled with caring people who love children and love kids, but haven't really had the opportunity to be equipped, given practical ideas on how to do that desire more effectively. Every children's ministry worker, every youth worker hopes that their ministry makes a difference in their small group works and confirmation impacts those kids, but hope is not a strategy. To learn more about Recharge, visit ministryrecharge.com. Hey, this is Tara Kay from HopeNet Radio. Today, all around the world, more people are enslaved than in any other time in history. January is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. Join me and be part of Human Trafficking Awareness Day on January 11th. Together, we can put an end to slavery. Check out HopeNet360.com slash end slavery. One word. HopeNet360.com slash end slavery.
It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Jeff and Tara Kay with you tonight. DW is out this week, but if you miss any part of this conversation, it's been a great one. If you miss any part of it, though, do subscribe to the HopeNet Radio podcast on your favorite podcasting app. Just check out HopeNet360.com slash podcast. Our new series this month is Initiate. So helping you initiate conversations, helping you kick your 2017 into high gear. I know some of us have resolutions. Some of us have decided to, whether it's lose weight, get you know back in shape, maybe just being healthy, maybe a significant relationship this year, maybe get a new job. There's a lot of different things that some of us have goals and, and aspirations to do, which is great. Do set some goals. Do prioritize things in your life because what I've found through the years is I can only say yes to so many things. But if I'm not intentional on what I'm saying yes to and no to, uh, I'll end up failing miserably because I'm saying yes to the wrong things. I'm saying no to the things I should be doing. That hasn't been our conversation tonight. Actually, it's been a little bit deeper. We've been talking about the National Human Trafficking Prevention Month, uh, National Human Trafficking and Slavery Prevention Month. And I know, Terry, you've got an event coming up this week. We've put details on that event in our show notes tonight at HopeNet360.com. But shifting our conversation now, one of the things that you talked about in preventing people from being trafficked or seeing maybe some of the warning signs of trafficking or potential trafficking is the idea of being in a bad relationship. Now, maybe you're listening to the show, you might have been in a bad relationship, quote unquote, before where you've maybe dated the wrong guy, maybe you got in a relationship with the wrong girl, just get into abusive relationships, negative relationships, and it starts out maybe your expectations have been met, exceeded, and then suddenly you find it takes a real sour turn that you weren't expecting and some of the, the young women that you've worked with, you've seen this in action before. This is so important to talk about because a lot of parents may think, well, uh, my child doesn't have access to talk to strangers. Even at, you know at the mall, they know stranger danger. They know not to talk to a stranger, but they never, your child goes to school. They have maybe connection with someone who is who expresses interest in them. And most teenagers are vulnerable at some point. They may have body issues or self-esteem issues to an extent. Um, some more so than others. So it's easy for someone who is looking to manipulate someone else, it's easy for them to sense those insecurities. And generally, if a person has been sexually abused um, when they were younger, they have those vulnerabilities present themselves even more. But even to someone who hasn't, if, for example, in the example I was using earlier, this young girl who was victimized, she, she hadn't been sexually abused at all. She was raised in a great family, middle-class family, but she had insecurities about her body image. And so this person who was pretending her boyfriend, who was pretending to be a boyfriend, would do all the normal things that a boyfriend would do. And maybe for a couple months even before he started saying things like, well, you know, would it be great if we had some money? So I think, you know, one of the things that is so important for any parent when we're talking about initiating right now and initiating conversations is talking about security and significance. That's something that we talk about on the show a lot. In a trafficking type situation, a pimp is usually looking for significance in terms of power and manipulation and money. 
Whereas a victim is looking usually for significance in terms of about their body image. Like mm-hmm. they're looking, they're attracted to someone who's, who's saying you're beautiful or I love you. That person is expressing love in the wrong ways. So mm-hmm. it's important in terms of prevention because one of the, the key components of what we do at Damascus Road is prevention and prevention education is really for parents to initiate conversations about what is beauty? Where does true beauty come from? And telling your your children, or if you're a youth worker, if you have interaction with youth, that they're beautiful and that they were beautiful the minute they were born. God created them beautiful. Mm. And that way, um, when they have people who they can be vulnerable to and who are telling them that they're beautiful just because of who they are mm. on the outside and on the inside, then when somebody approaches them with this false sense of significance, maybe on the internet saying, hey, you're, hey, gorgeous, they can easily identify the counterfeit and mm. they won't be persuaded into that. That is one thing people ask me, like, what can I do, especially if they have children, is really to make sure that they're initiating those conversations about real beauty, true beauty, and real value and mm. where that comes from. As a kid, a former kid growing up, you kind of expect mom and dad to give you those kinds of affirmations. Now, as a guy, it's a little bit different. As a guy, you know, I, I admired when my dad, you know, acknowledged something that I did, you know, whether it's on the soccer field. Uh, I just enjoyed being around my dad, giving us those affirmations. It's important as parents that we do affirm our kids. Now, our kids, as a former kid, I always expected that. I expected, you know, mom to tell me that I was brave or or that I could do something that I didn't think I could actually do. You know, same thing with my dad, you know, who said, you know, I can help you do this but you're going to do this, you know? So just instilling in me that I do have some significance, that I do have some real purpose, that I don't need mom and dad to do it all for me. Now, as a young woman, maybe your experience is a little bit different. Maybe your mom or your dad says, you know, you're beautiful the way you are. Oftentimes, what's our response? Well, yeah, you're supposed to say that, mom. Yeah, you're supposed to say that, dad. Like, But that does mean something, doesn't it? Definitely. Of course, it means something different when it's coming from a young man versus your parents. But it starts, I think the role modeling starts from your parents. And when your kids are especially younger, making sure that you tell them that you love them and tell them that they're beautiful. And then when they you know, meet a young man, that won't be the first time that they hear it. And, you know, usually if someone is saying it right off the bat, Usually that doesn't happen in in terms of a legitimate young man who's interested in a in a girl in an appropriate relationship. The first line they don't really use is "Hey, you're beautiful." To me, when someone uses that line right off the bat, it's because they want something. It's mm. self motivated. Yeah, it's a false sense of significance. They're trying to give the person that they're um, preying upon a sense of significance right away. But when it's said in truth and when they really mean it, it's after a person has gotten to know that other person because they've gotten to know the inside beauty and then the outside beauty. You see it in the movies sometimes. Somebody just drives by and honks and says, hey, cutie, or whatever. You know, you don't actually think, wow, that person thinks I'm cute. That's amazing because it's a person just driving by. You don't know them. But it's sometimes for people who haven't had someone constantly telling them that when they were younger or that they were loved or valued they could believe that right away because they're longing for that. They're longing for significance in the term of, in terms of having someone tell them that they're beautiful or that they love them. And they might fall for it if someone says it right off the bat. You would admit that it's important that dad instills to their young girls that they are beautiful. Can I ask, what were some things that your dad did that instilled in you that you were beautiful? That's an interesting question. I think for parents, especially for dads, sometimes it's harder to vocalize 
affection in saying you're beautiful or I love you. Um, I know that was probably difficult for my dad since he's not as vocal as my mom is. That's probably where I get it from. But my dad showed me in terms of time that he spent with me and just teaching me things growing up and spending time with me. All right, let's talk about some strategies of how to open up that dialogue when we come back here on the show. You can check out tonight's show notes at hopenet360.com. Also, leave your thoughts on the tweet back tonight. Use that hashtag HNRTB. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at hopenet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. Tonight, we're sitting down with Tara Kay, Outreach Coordinator for Damascus Road. And you can check out her website, damascusroadproject.org. Is that right, Tara? That's correct. All right. So, Tara, tell us a little bit about Damascus Road. What is this organization about? What do you do? And how can people get involved? Well, Damascus Road is an organization that was launched in 2009. Lisa Sunholz, our founder director, launched the organization, but we just in this last year have become a 501c3 nonprofit. Um, we are faith-based and we are um, headquartered in Wisconsin, but we do work in the United States and overseas as well. Our main focus, we exist to help victims of human trafficking. We talk about three main principles that we goal our work, educate, locate, and advocate. So education, under educate, we do prevention trainings about human trafficking. We present to schools, community groups, churches, police departments, TSA, uh, healthcare workers, Anyone who might come across a victim or especially in community groups or churches, parents that are looking to educate their young people on prevention. We also do presentations in schools. In those presentations, it really depends on what the organization is looking for. Um, if we're doing a presentation for healthcare workers or it's a professional who's getting credit for it, could might be an all-day seminar where we really dig into some different cases, um, talk about pornography, the connection between pornography and trafficking. So it's a very in-depth presentation when we present in front of churches or community groups. Sometimes it's between 40 minutes to an hour with some question and answer after after that. What can people expect in these presentations? We talk about different cases. Um, sometimes we do talk about international trafficking um, and local trafficking happening in the United States and in Wisconsin. Um, we also tell people about how they can get involved. Um, that's something that people often ask us. So some of the different ways that we are actually doing work in the community other than education is, is locate is our next key term. Yeah. And locate is all about finding victims. So how can anyone who is just, you know, a person in the community, working in the community, what can they do to look for someone who might be victimized in, in their community? Under that, we do hotel trainings. I direct those, the outreach director. What we do is we take information to hotels. We did that in Oshkosh. We've done that in various other cities in Wisconsin before major events like the EAA or just any time of the year. We go to hotels. We take them soap labeled with a trafficking hotline number and then also some red flags that they can look for. We've got 
done this with gas stations as well, given them red flags, what they can look for. How can you spot a trafficking victim? And every day in your life, you might be at a gas station, you might be in a hotel, you might be in an airport. So it's important to know those red flags. And that way, um, you can report it. There's a national trafficking hotline number that you can report to, or you can also report to your local police. So we educate people on how to do that, Mm -hmm. hoping that we'll be able to recover someone who's being victimized. All right. And so advocating, what do you do to advocate? The term advocate is really our victim assistance. So um, we help women and and kids who have been victimized or have been um, victims or survivors with their aftercare. We don't actually do the aftercare ourselves, but we partner with recovery programs all over the country, really trying to find out what is best for the victim. What needs do they have? Do they have kids? Um, Do they want a faith-based program? Usually those programs, recovery programs, are about six to 12 months. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes it requires them to travel longer distances, so we have to take them you know, it, sometimes it's better they go to a different state. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they need immediate shelter. So we find somewhere local and then we're able to assist them in a different long-term care facility. But we also help them with day-to-day things. Maybe they've ca- maybe they've gone through a recovery program, but they just need help getting introduced to life. You know, how do I, how do I get an apartment? What do I do now? Because I don't have a resume. How do I make a resume? How do I get a job? I need someone to help take care of my kids. So there's a lot of op- volunteer options opportunities with that as well. So, you know, if you're interested, we do have a lot of costs that happen with traveling and getting victims to where they need to go for their recovery program. So if you're interested in in donating, um, you can make a donation to Damascus Road. Or if you're interested in volunteering, sometimes we have events like our Human Trafficking Awareness Day or our um, awareness outreaches. Mm -hmm. But we also have opportunities Um, just on a daily basis. So if you're interested in volunteering, um, go to our website and contact us and just say, hey, I'm I'm available. If you need someone to watch um, kids for a little bit or give someone a ride or help to provide diapers or, or clothing or whatever they need, I'm available when you need me. Okay. And your website, DamascusRoadProject.org? That's correct. And you can check us out on our Facebook page as well, Damascus Road. All right, Tara, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. You can chat with our live coaches anytime at HopeNet360.com. It is 2017, and I know there's still a little bit of gloss on the year, but maybe for some of you... It's not really a glossy start, not really a great time of year. Maybe there's been a lot that has happened in the holidays, and so there's a lot to process right now. If you're struggling, if you're going through something right now that is overwhelming to you, maybe you just need some wisdom, maybe just to have a talk about, you know, what do I do with my life? Where am I going in 2017? What kinds of resolutions could I be making? Or just having some accountability. Our live coaches are great for that. HopeNet360.com is the place to go. Tonight, DW is off this week. He'll be back on very soon, hopefully by next week. They've been building a new studio up at Silver Birch Ranch. We're super excited about that. Tara Kay is my co-host tonight. We've had a great conversation, Tara. Our initiate series here. Really, the the whole idea of this series, for some of you, your thought this year is, I want to be more engaged in a cause that matters to me. I want to be more, you know, you're like me, you're growing up, you know, I just, I volunteered at my church, you know, I'd, I'd play drums or I'd sing on my music team or I'd be involved in my kids ministry. But 
something in you wants to do more this year. And so talking about some of the difficult issues like human trafficking, like sex slavery, like, you know, we'll talk about later this month too, depression and suicide and, and this whole topic, which is very difficult to talk about. The other part of our conversation has been on beauty. You know, many of us have made resolutions where we're like, you know, I just, I want to feel good about myself. I want to get in shape. I want to get fit. You know, some of us, it's more vain where it's like, I just want to look good. I want to have the beach body, that sort of thing. Well, it's all good. But the reality is we have this, this desire within us to be seen as beautiful. We, we, for some reason, get fixated on this. And, uh, and maybe that's a part of the conversation that we need to have. What does it mean? to be beautiful. And we've talked about as a a young girl, Tara, that getting those affirmations from our dad versus other voices in this world that will tell us that we're beautiful, that we're pretty, that we're we're smart, we're talented, and then they want to take us in and use us instead of make us more successful, which is something that we talk about on the show. Tara, as we're wrapping up this conversation tonight, and for young girls who are listening, um, and even for parents, you know, how can we, in 2017, how can we do a better job both as parents, as teenagers, bridging this conversation, having topic discussions about some of these things that are uncomfortable. What are some ways that we can do this? Well, our tagline here is conversations save lives. So that is why not only is it important to talk about this topic because it is uh, National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month, but also because conversations save lives. So today I want to just challenge our listeners. I want to challenge Um, the young people who are listening to learn more about this topic. I want to challenge you if you are facing a situation, we talked about what a a good relationship looks like if you are involved in in a relationship that is not so good, or maybe someone is abusing you or you've, might even be in a situation that could be human trafficking, um, to reach out, to reach out to one of our live coaches. Um, there's also a national human trafficking hotline number and the number is 1-888-3737-888 or you can text be free. Um, that could be for someone who needs help and might be in a trafficking situation or for someone who is seeing signs of someone else being trafficked. You can call that hotline number or text and they'll give you information about what to do next or where are some safe places to go for help mm. in your location. So that's the first challenge. I also really want to challenge parents um, in this new year to make the resolution to have conversations with your kids, prevention type conversations. Have the conversation we've been talking about tonight, making sure your child knows where true beauty comes from, that they're beautiful, that they're loved just the way that they are, the way that God created them. But then also have difficult conversations about maybe things that might be going on in their lives or or what they thought about the show today, or have they heard about human trafficking before? Our organization, Damascus Road, does school presentations. So we know that we, we're, we're talking about this topic with teenagers, especially because they are the most vulnerable. Um, so it's important that parents are having conversations with their kids about this topic as well. If you're not sure how to do that, you know, some suggestions could be make a box um, where y- you can tell your child anything that you put in this box, you can ask any type of question you want or any type of topic that you want to talk about, put it in the box. You don't have to be afraid if it's a difficult topic, put it in the box and then we'll have that conversation. You know, I'll look in the box once a week to see what kind of conversations are there, what kind of topics are there. Or have a certain time of the week or before dinner or after dinner. This is a time where we can talk about. It's just 
open conversation, whatever you want to talk about. Also, want to really challenge parents to get involved with your child's social media life. Trafficking has definitely increased because of social media. There are apps that exist like Snapchat, which is created to be a sexting app where people can take pictures of themselves, send them to their boyfriend, and then that person posts them online and exploits them. There are different apps like games that you can play. There's sites that you know can get you free games to your phone, but they're interactive games where you interact with strangers and you can have conversations with whoever else is playing the game. Those types of things, while they may seem harmless on the outside, could be ways that someone who is a predator could be having a conversation with your child. And one of the first things that they say is, you're really beautiful. Or I saw your Facebook picture. I saw your Snapchat picture. You're really beautiful. And all these things that we're talking about today, we don't bring them up because we want to instill fear. We just want to make sure that if a child has the right base of security and their parent has instilled that in them by having conversations when they're younger, when these things hit them from the outside world, Mm. they won't find their significance in that. They won't fall for that. Technology exists in our lives. So it's, it's okay to give your child a cell phone. You don't have to be afraid to do that or to give them a computer. But I think kids sometimes think, well, I'm, you know, a teenager now. I should have a cell phone because everyone does. But when you're giving those types of technology to your children, make sure that you have a conversation with them about how this is a privilege yeah. and it's not just a right that they have. It's a, it's a privilege. It's a responsibility. And that if they're, you know, online and there's even researching something and something pops up that makes them feel uncomfortable, it might not even be their fault. Yeah. So before you even give them that technology, tell them you might experience something or something might just accidentally pop up. If you're searching online, even for school or for homework or something, come and tell me if something pops up or if someone that you don't know is trying to talk to you, and we'll talk about that. We'll have a conversation about that. Yep. Just make it a safe place that it's an open door and it's, it is a responsibility. Yeah. And every one of us in 2017, we need to have someone that we're vulnerable with. And even as parents, parents, we're expecting to be able to check into our kids' phones. We like to pull strings and say, well, I have authority. I'm your parent. So I get to have the rights to see what you're doing on social media. That's totally acceptable. But as a parent, do you have appropriate lines of communication with someone that you can be accountable with, that you can say, here's my passcode, here's my phone, you can go through my messages. Are you living with integrity? Yeah. If we expect that from our kids, do we model that as parents? That's a good challenge for 2017. That's it for us here on the show this week. I can't believe where time has gone. It's been a fun episode, but you can find the show notes for this episode and download all of these and the past episodes for free by subscribing to our podcast at hopenet360.com slash podcast. Our live Twitter chat is going 24-7 at hopenet360.com or on Twitter using the hashtag HNRTV. You can also follow HopeNet360 on social media using the at HopeNet radio handle on most social platforms. All you got to do, visit HopeNet360.com slash connect. From all of us here on HopeNet Radio, DW included, he would say the same thing. Make each conversation count this week. You could save a life. We'll see you next time. Bye. 